Hello and welcome to the Scene and Nerd podcast. We are back catching up on our latest TV and movie rotation schedules um, since our staples shows have left us behind and taken a hiatus. Our topics tonight are going to include the state of TV and whatever that means. I mean, we have a bunch of shows that are getting canceled. We have 90 sitcoms that apparently it's the time for them to be revived. And we just have some series to an end. So joining me tonight, as always, is our podcast producer extraordinaire, Mr. Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? I'm doing well, Sarah. How are you doing? I am. I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I don't have a cat in my place. <laughs> my cat is outside right now. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I can just picture it, like with a paw to the window, like, please, uh, can I come in? <laughs> I want to be on the podcast. <laughs> he may show it. He may. He may give an appearance one evening. And apparently, he's British. I don't know why. He is British. He, well, his name is Asterix. So. <gasps> I knew it. I knew it, but, and you know what, we do have someone who knows a lot about cats and TV. We have Patricia Miller. I forgot your last name. I'm so sorry. My last name is Miller. I know. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) Cat? I have two of them, so I am an expert in all things four-legged, small, and fuzzy. That is a weird sentence that I never expected you to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is going real well. Real well. Yeah. So, yes, people, we're, 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 this, is, this is Scene and Nerd. If you are wondering if you have somehow stumbled on the cats of Twitter or Instagram or Facebook <laughs> podcast, we, this is Scene and Nerd, so don't worry. We will, we'll, we will get to our usual nerdy stuff here in just a moment. We are nerds that have cats. Okay. Well, two of the three of us, because as (laughs) I've stated before, I do not own a cat, nor want to. Okay. I just, I have a hard enough time taking care of myself. That's all I'm saying. saying. Hey, cats are easy to take care of. Well, for the most part. Exactly. Exactly. There's a but. Okay. (laughs) They say the same thing about kids. Well, being a dad, I can tell you, kids kids are a lot easier than a cat. <laughs> a lot easier. I than me. don't know if I agree with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So um, I have no idea how to segue into this main topic, but how? What is everybody watching these days besides your cats? <laughs> well. Um, as we as as we discussed last week, Sarah, uh, my my hiatus uh, watching has uh, consisted of so far the uh, Man in the High Castle. Uh, I've gotten through about two and a half episodes now. Um, very, you know, if you're into dystopian, alternate history, sci-fi types of shows uh, with emphasis on this dystopia. Uh, that that it, it, this is your thing. It, I mean, it's it, it is very good, um, very gripping story, great uh, pacing as far as just you know keeping you engaged. Um, but uh, yeah, as I as I 
play it before, you know, you just might want to be in the right frame of mind to, to watch it. And, you know, if you're ready to use this as, you know, downtime TV before, for, before going to bed, I would say, you know, probably avoid it. Why do you have to be like specifically what happens that makes you say like, don't watch this before bed? Well, it's just, I mean, it, the, the, I mean, again, if, if for those who, who aren't familiar with the show, so essentially it's an alternate universe where, um, the Axis powers won World War Two and, and have established a foothold in the United States. Now the East, basically the Eastern half of the country is under control of Nazi Germany and the Western part of the country is under control by the Japanese empire. So, uh, and then there's a neutral zone right in the, in the middle. And, um, so basically, obviously there's an underground, there's a resistance and the, and the man in the high castle is apparently is an individual who created these, uh, newsreels of the history that all of us know what happened here on our, our earth, our timeline. And, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, this underground, the one w- yeah, like our timeline, the one where wonder woman saves the day, right? Exactly. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. So, yeah. But, well, uh, I mean, yeah, but we all know that she helps. Yes. Yeah, she helps. And Captain, actually along with Captain America and everyone else. Yeah, and I mean, technically, I didn't spoil the movie because the movie is set in World War One. Exactly. So, yes. Food that, for thought. That is true. That but is continue. true. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, no worries there. But um, yeah, so um, you know, given that there's underground, and of course, the Nazis and the Japanese, of course, capture members of the resistance. There is, you know, there is some pretty intense uh, interrogation scenes that that happen and. And that's what I meant by um, uh, where, you know, if you're if you're sensitive to those kind of things or just have, you know, you know, trying to wind down and close out your day, um, you know, maybe interrogation is not the way to do it. <laughs> so <laughs> unless you have unless you, unless you have a counterpoint show, like, you know, a good CW show to, to lighten the mood. Right. Right. Patricia, did Will sell you on the man in the high castle or make you scared of it? <laughs> well, uh, I guess two points to that. My mom watches that show. As you were describing it, I was like, oh, I've heard someone describe this before. And my mom <laughs> absolutely loves that show. And she's always like, you should watch it. But then I have flashbacks to when I tried to start watching Game of Thrones. No, I do not watch Game of Thrones. Because in the first two episodes, there's really dark stuff. And one, okay, I was watching it by myself at night, trying to go to bed. That was a terrible idea. So, <laughs> the theme here, I'm see? Not, um, <laughs> I totally understand your warning about interrogation scenes. Um, I'm very select on the dark shows that I watch. And so if I start watching it and I'm like, huh, nah, um, it's probably not going to happen. So, but I mean, it does sound extremely interesting and I may have to be in the right mood for it to give it a try, but my mom is obsessed with that show. She loves it. Yeah. I, I mean, dark and twisty is your mom. Jeez. <laughs> my mom is a, is a very likable hairdresser. <laughs> so you can only imagine 
<laughs> I guess. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> no, I love my mom. She's very sweet. <laughs> yeah, see, this is something my mom would definitely not, not even touch. She, she, you know, she doesn't watch much TV, but uh, usually when she does, it's usually HGTV. But, uh, uh, yeah, she wouldn't touch this at all. I don't know. I, I think... I think, Will, that if you want to talk man in High Castle, I think Patricia's mom is the person to go to. I think so. Yeah, that. And my mom absolutely loved Game of Thrones, too. But as for her daughter, I, I didn't like it. So. Yeah. I know. People are probably like, what? You didn't like Game of Thrones? Well, you're not, hey, you know what? Don't feel bad. Uh, I, I, I have not watched the episode as well. Uh, my wife's actually, she's trying to read the books and she just, she couldn't get through it. She's like, no, no, not me. I'm putting it away. It's, it's dense. And I have to even admit that the first episode, there's that, I want to say about five to six minute scene and where they first introduced the White Walkers. And I actually just shut it off and went about my way because I'm like, what the heck is this? And then I started hearing about the Red Wedding and I started hearing about other stuff and I started to get curious. And one day I just binged the first season and I love the show. It's it's amazing. It is dark. Um, I'm dark and twisty like Patricia's mom. So <laughs> <laughs> Well see that is why I think you will like Man in the High Castle, Sarah. That's why I recommended it to I, you. I know you want see, I know we talked about it last week as far as you tried it. I know. There's something about it though that I thought was really stale. Like it didn't mm. nothing grabbed me where I know that they're not gonna get to the castle and the man isn't gonna be a dragon, so what's the point? <laughs> But that's just me. I mean, so, Patricia, we know that your mom likes Game of Thrones and The Man in the High Castle, but these days, what are you watching? Well, I've been watching The Blacklist, which is... I've tried it. You know, honestly, for a TV show, speaking of darker TV shows, it is a little bit graphic for my taste, but Mm -hmm. it's very real. If anybody's watched the blacklist, have you watched the blacklist, Will? I tried it early on. Couldn't, uh, you know, I don't know. I just, just couldn't get into it. Um, But you know, always willing to give it another, give it another shot. But if I'm looking for something new to fill the hiatus time. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a little bit slow going. Like once, like they got to do their setup. You, you know, the first episode is always the setup and you're like, OK, who is this person and what are they doing there? And so there's always questions and stuff. So it definitely started out that way for me. And, you know, I'm, I just finished the second season and there's only been, you know, how on some TV shows, it's like the same thing every time, um, you know, the same sort of setup for each episode, like the structure of it, at least. where it can get a little bit stale or boring over time. There's only been one episode within two seasons of about 20 episodes each where I was just like, okay, come on. Can we get to the next episode, please? Like, there's only one episode like that for me. So it's been very interesting. And if you you like CSI, FBI-type TV shows, and if you... Yeah, Quantico is a good example. Um, 
<laughs> and also, if you like conspiracy theories, mm. I, it's got a little bit of that sort of in there. And it's just, it's very interesting to me. And it's like the plot, like the plot is very well done. And the acting is well done, too. So anyway, so, that's what I've been watching. <laughs> so I'm going to count on you, Patricia, because I need you to tell me when Keen and Wrestler get together. And then I'm going to watch the show. Oh, God, I'm waiting for it. It hasn't happened in the first two seasons. I yeah. don't know if that's really a spoiler or not, but... Well, this I'm third kind of, season, I am crossing my fingers. Cause. You know how I take my shipping. I take it very seriously. So I've already done my research. So <laughs> now that Clearly. I know you watch the show, I, I need you to just let me know. Because I've tried, and I couldn't get into it. Um, it felt very plotty in this weird way, where I'm just like, okay. I I can see. I, I saw the mechanics of the show without really enjoying it and the moment that I um, put on a show and I open up another window on my computer and I start paying attention more to other stuff that I'm looking at as opposed to the show itself I know I'm checked out and it's not worth the binge um, so yeah. but now I have Patricia who's going to be my spy there you go <laughs> I will gladly be your spy on this show I've been addicted to it like ever since I got like first the through the first episode where they set everything up and I'm like, okay, okay. Then the second episode happens and I'm like, all right, I'm in. I'm all in. Yeah. So. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm suffering with hiatus commitment issues. <laughs> yes. Yes. Last week, if I recall, you were, uh, you were re exploring the, your wrestling, uh, days of, uh, WCW or WWF. Yeah. Just yeah. a bit. Just a bit. Just a bit. And, um, you know, I think you placed a bet that I will have a WWE Entertainment Pass to where I can get access to all of their content. Yeah. And I don't. And I don't will. So I win that bet. Oh, I didn't put a, we didn't put a time frame on it, though. Well, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you did. You might have to re-listen to that, that episode. But anyways. Okay, wait, no. wait, 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 wait. Are you talking about watching wrestling? Is that what yeah. 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 I cannot picture you, Sarah, watching wrestling. Remind yourself that I have three brothers, and I grew up in a household with them. Do you picture it now? <laughs> no. no. Okay, I thought I lost you for a second. <laughs> like, no. it's... It's a soap opera, guys. Come on, okay? Yeah. As soon as you figure out a character you like and somebody to root for and the villain, it's engaging. They're horrible actors, but it's fun and it's cheeky. And, you know, they're not bad to look at every now and then, okay? Okay? <laughs> I have my reasons. Uh, there we go. Yeah, we, we get to, we get to the, the heart of the matter the here. Yeah. No, 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 no. The, the heart of the matter you both, okay, is that I'm finding, like, I used to, I, I'm an avid TV watcher, but what I'm realizing is YouTube is a magical place. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Sarah has John Cena on a loop. <laughs> just a bit, just a bit, 
just a bit. Um, She's going to start making fan videos for wrestling. Yeah, I can't. Oh, yes. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yes, you got to do that. I really don't like what's happening right now, just so you (laughs) both know. Okay, I do not appreciate it. I gave you both your time, and this is just hurtful, okay? You're turning heel. Yes, I said it. Ooh. (laughs) Ooh, It's a wrestling term. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Yeah, thank you. Will stop me. But... (laughs) Okay, it's it's not just the wrestling though, because I'm also I'm obsessed with watching the Schmoes No movie show, and I've been obsessed with them for years. They're they're a great show if anybody's looking for just general movie critics personalities, um, and they have a lot of fun. And they also have the Collider Schmodown, which is just movie trivia. And it's highly entertaining because me, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I know movies and the last questions. And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know a thing. <laughs> um, but it, it's it's really cool. And, and they have, um, because Christian Harloff and Mark Ellis, who are basically behind this whole brand, well, Christian used to do stuff for wrestling. He used to be a writer and intern there. Um, he's taken that knowledge and applied it in terms of movie Schmodown. It doesn't work as well because it's really hard to act competitive when you're basically just answering questions about movies, but it's still entertaining nonetheless. So my point is there's all this great stuff on YouTube, and once you find your quote-unquote people... I mean, it's free content, guys. Free content. Yes, it is. That's my point. Free content. So, I don't know. Some things that if you're curious about, I'm still finding that YouTube is a magical place. It it is a magical place. Uh, Especially, you know, if you you have bits of nostalgia and you want to find, like, your old WWF, you know, or, you know, tapes or, or... I mean, for me, it was, you know, looking up, like, old Star Blazers uh, anime. So <laughs> I was able to find a few episodes, you know. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to talk about that at some point this summer. <laughs> yes, bookmark it, bookmark it. Um, and things, you know what, it's like it's preserved, okay? I can watch something on there and return to it. And it kind of, I don't know, I, 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 I like it. But anyway, so that is our hiatus update. And one of the reasons why we brought Patricia on the, fo- um, the show today is because she sent out a very interesting tweet that I retweeted <laughs> because I'm her friend. Yep. About Thank her you. outrage regarding the recent cancellation of sense yes yeah so, so break it down I, yeah. yeah break it down should i describe the, yeah, the tweet you, yeah you can describe the tweet and also describe the show because sarah and i both have not watched this show so and i'm sure there are probably many of our listeners who probably saw both of our retweets and um may have known what, known what you were talking about in the show and, or may not but this loved your tweet so much that they retweeted it anyway so (laughs) okay so the show is about these eight people which are called sensate 
and they are all psychically connected, but they're you end up finding out that they're it's more of a different type of species of human that have the this upper level ability to communicate and be able to physically visit each other even though they live on opposite ends of the world. And then there's of course a bad guy who's trying to harness their power and anyway, I won't give away too many spoilers cuz you guys need to go watch it. And um so after two seasons, Netflix has decided to cancel the show because they have too many hit shows on their hands. I quote that from an article. I don't know from who or from where. I just read it somewhere that that's the reason why Netflix is canceling it. And the reason why it has such a big following is because, one, it's beautifully filmed. It has all the locations that they go to in the show are actually on the location in that country. Hmm. So they go to eight, right. eight different countries. Um, they have Seoul, Korea, Berlin, Germany, somewhere in India. They have, <laughs> I don't know the name of where she's at. Yeah. Um, it's okay. Uh, it's somewhere, uh, yeah. somewhere over there. Yeah. And I, and I understand that the, the, the cast is actually actors from those locations as well. Nice. Yes, yes, and um, they are, the cast is so diverse. Um, they have a character that is a, a male who is gay. They have a another character who is now a woman who used to be a man who's in a relationship with another woman. So she's a lesbian, but she used to be a man. Hmm. And they have a... You know, it's just such a wide range of acting and level of communication. It's just so beautiful. And, yeah. Um, can we can we go gushing. back to, Patricia, just take us back to that news article that you read. And the explanation was basically, we have too many hit shows, so... Did they provide with any examples and what the rating system for Netflix is? They did not give any examples as to what the rating system was. Um, but they, oh, goodness. I know that they had a few other shows listed on there, like, um, was 13 Reasons Why and the OA on there as two of them? The OA wasn't listed, but 13 okay. Reasons Why, there was another one that, I think it was called The Ranch, um, which is more Wait. like a com comedy the ranch, show. The Ranch got renewed and not Sense8. That's really funny to me. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that's one that definitely got renewed. And, but Will, have you heard about The Ranch? I have not heard about The Ranch. Enlighten me. It's basically... Ashton Kutcher and I want to say um, Danny Masterson, uh -huh. they just produce this comedy and it's I think it's 30 minutes and it's it's kind of one of those TV shows that you used to would have you would have found like in the classic sitcom days on mm -hmm. TV, mm -hmm. but now it's straight to Netflix um, and they've had Mila Kunis on it and it's pretty much. The 70s show on a ranch. Huh. 
I've never yeah. seen an episode, though. <laughs> I've watched, I think, the first half of the first season when it first came out. It was, <laughs> it was pretty good. I mean, and I wish I would have kept up on watching it. I mean, I still can go back because it's still there. But, yeah. you know, I've had other priorities in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Life it's, happens. It's very yeah. true. Yeah. So this is only after its second season, right? That is correct. And the fact that they canceled it so soon after the second season aired has been such a shocker. Um. I'll come back to that. But the the season left off on a major cliffhanger, and that's mm. one of the major reasons why so many fans are upset by this. Right. Yeah, and that's when I asked the, that was the case. Yeah. The, the other reason why fans are very upset by it is because there is such a diverse cast, you know, having a gay character, having... Um, I think it is it trans where they have the surgery. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Trans. Yeah. Having, having a trans character is is so huge, and for it to be so popular and so well liked worldwide, and to have such a worldwide character and worldwide viewship, it's very disappointing to have this show cut because it was making such great feats in the LGBT. Um, community and having recognition did I say that right? Being recognized Mm -hmm. for, you know, their acting careers and, you know, getting the word out that it's okay and that, you know, it it's just I'm getting overwhelmed. No. You're getting overwhelmed. I'm getting overwhelmed. Because it it's just so beautifully done and like the romance between the trans character and her girlfriend and it's you know you fall in love with these characters and you just want them to have a beautiful life and then for the show to just be completely cut at this drastic moment is ridiculous and then the other thing about the lgbt group being very disappointed is that they announced that they were cutting it on june 1st Oh, Which was like Pride the Day. first day of the LGBT Pride Month parade celebrations and stuff. Oh, talk about tone deaf doing it on Pride and, and, and Pride Month, yeah. 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 So Netflix I don't claims that was coincidental. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like they should have known, but you know, sometimes deadlines just fall on certain days and it sucks, but. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And just just for clarification, this sensei, it, it's not technically original content because it is based off of a graphic novel. I don't know that. I feel like it I is. don't have that answer for you. <laughs> I, I have. I I feel like I've heard about this show mainly from other shows that talk about comic book TV shows yeah. and um, series. So I almost want to say it is based off of a graphic novel, but I would have to check that back. Well, I know it was I done by the... Remember. I know it was done on... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I know it was uh, the Wachowskis, the uh, two, uh, speaking of trans um, individuals, mm-hmm. uh, who, who were brothers, but now sisters uh, from the Matrix, were, are the people behind it. And also, uh, 
J. Michael Straczynski from, uh, of course, Babylon 5 fame, was also behind it. Um, and it looks like it was an original production. Okay. Well, I think, yeah, because I've heard it's Babylon 5, that rings a very dis- distant bell in my head, and I feel like, yes, it's probably, you know, drawn inspiration from the comic books that are have that sort of storyline because I know I've talked to someone about it and they mentioned something about comic books and it being based off of it but I don't have any definitive answers for that specifically but it okay. makes total sense <laughs> so basically it left off of a cliffhanger and the fear is that you guys are never going to get closure on the series yes that yeah. and um the the other thing that I thought of was that this TV show is I, I can't say enough how beautifully filmed it is and how when the characters are visiting each other in each other's heads and seeing each other through or seeing things through each other's eyes at the locations, the transitions are just so beautifully done. And then it also touches on a real world issue that's going on, like the broad spectrum of the idea of being able to communicate with someone so purely where you don't really have to say anything and they fully understand what you're feeling and what you're going through. It, I mean, it brings up this, the issues of technology today and how kids and people are losing the ability to be able to have a conversation with someone in person and, you know, have empathy and be able to read social situations. And mm-hmm. because these, these sense eight groups are so connected that they can teleport, tele, yeah. Teleport. 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 Telepathically. Yeah. Yeah, they they have such a strong communication between their group that they're trying to figure out, like, especially in the beginning, they, they don't understand what this means or how it works and trying to figure out what it all means and, you know, how to communicate with each other. And it's just such a real world issue in the broad spectrum of things when I look at it as a viewer. And it's... So it's just very interesting to me, hmm. and I don't want them to cancel it. I actually so going back to my tweet that I tweeted out was that um, there was actually Carrie sent that tweet to me uh, or that picture of the Tumblr post to me, and it, it explains how you can call in to Netflix and say that you really don't want them to cancel and that they'll take it under advisement because they've had such a a large fan base, you know, get petitions and write articles. And there've been so many people that have been shocked and upset by the cancellation of the show that they were seriously reconsidering bringing it back and having a third season. So if you're listening and you are a sensate fan, please call Netflix and they're super nice. I think they record what you say. It was sort of weird because when I called in, I was like, Hi, I want to make a statement. And he was like, okay, go ahead and state what you would like to. And then he was like, all right, it's been sent to management. So I feel like they record what you say. So be prepared with 
maybe some eloquent words, not like me, who jumbled oh. through it and was like, please just don't cancel it. Okay, bye. Yeah. Um, no, or, no, no angry uh, profanity-laced uh, pitchfork rants, huh? Um, I don't know how they would respond to that. I'm not a very big pitchfork holder type person, so I was very respectful about it. But I feel like if you call in screaming about Netflix and Sense8 and blah, 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 they they might not listen to you as much. But <laughs> did you guys, go ahead and give it a try. <laughs> did you guys hear about the story of how um, Friday Night Lights got their second season? No. How many different seasons of Friday Night Lights have there been? Like, I feel like there's been multiple TV shows of it. Yeah, it, it hasn't like mm. has it always been on the same network or has it bounced around? It just seems like it's been an omnipresent thing for for so, years. Don't let me tell a story. That's cool. No, no, I'm curious. It just, I just didn't. It just, it always I just seems to be on. A, well, okay. Again, don't own it on TV, so I don't. I'm not sure about the reruns. I know it's on Netflix right now. I th- I thought that it was always on. NBC. It's just the time that when the episode aired, it got constantly changed to different nights, so it was really confusing. And the writing was poor in season two. But the real story and why I bring it up is because it sounds very familiar in terms of the first season. I have to say is one of the strongest seasons of TV ever. It's pretty much perfection. Um, and yet they were still going to cancel it due to low viewership. So the, what the viewers did who loved the show so much is they sent light bulbs to oh. NBC. Oh, like wow. hundreds of thousands of light bulbs to NBC to, um, as a petition. And this is, uh, you have to remember the time frame. like me and Patricia were still in high school when this occurred. <laughs> so we didn't have nearly as much social media. So it wasn't about contacting them. It was about sending messages um, the old fashioned way because we're old now, Patricia. We're old. I know. Getting so <laughs> old. It's like snow. Uh, Will. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had a show get canceled where you didn't get that closure you wanted? Yes. 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 Uh, <laughs> The most recent show uh, that I thought was finally hitting the stride that that happened to for me uh, personally was Enterprise. On it, uh, I, it always goes back to Star it Trek. It always goes back to Star Trek. It does. I'm sorry. <laughs> I go through that well quite often. I'm a huge Trek fan. I'm sorry, uh, and sorry, not sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought um, the fourth season it was really starting to, to hit a stride, and then. Uh, it was canceled, and they rushed together a uh, an ending to the sh- to the show that um, was like a basically a next generation episode on. You know, was it Inter- was it Enterprise or was it the Next Generation? Because it seemed to have more prominence uh, with Next Generation characters than than that show. Um, mm-hmm. So that was that was probably for me that was one of the series recently that uh, that, that happened to. Huh. I actually can't think of an exact series, um, except, but I don't really think that this counts because it didn't even get a full first season. But I remember, um, I think it was 2008 when NBC had this show called The Black Donnellys. Have you guys ever heard about this one? I have not. Mm-mm. 
Well, you and a lot of other people, because they, <laughs> it got canceled after six episodes, and then they um, aired two more online. But I was really disappointed because the show itself contained a lot of beats where they were setting up for future seasons, setting up for future events to occur. So in my mind, I'm watching it and I'm thinking about, oh, there's a lot of history here. This is a, they're building a universe in this first season. Too bad I was pretty much the only one who watched it. (laughs) But it, I mean, it happens and, um, have you guys ever watched a show where it just felt like that final season or even the final, the series finale didn't do justice for everything else that you just spent time and years potentially watching and dedicating to? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What show's that? When I- one of the uh, I know this is not nerdy at all. It's totally girly. Um, but the show I don't know if I've talked to you about this one, Sarah. It's called Drop Dead Diva, yeah. and it was done. Yeah, it was done by Lifetime, <laughs> and they they cut it off. They ended the the entire show on such a weird cliffhangerish type thing. And it it was a really great show, and it's on Netflix. So, Will, if you would like to go watch it, Sarah, if you haven't finished it, I don't even know if you started it. I didn't even start it. it. (laughs) (laughs) You can go watch it, and it like you know it's like super girly show, but it's really well done, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And then they just leave it off, and there's there's no written like they probably wrote an explanation as to why they canceled it. But they didn't give like, you know, like I wish someone just like just write me a paragraph of what happens, please. <laughs> just someone write me a paragraph. I don't. It could be a sentence. It could be just, you know, just a two minute video. I don't care. Just someone explain to me what happens after this point. And it is, and that show ended years ago. I don't, not years ago, but like definitely a few years ago. And and I. I'm still very bitter about how that show ended. And so I think with Sensei, if they are going to officially cancel it, please just give us something to explain what happens. I don't care if you make it up. Just <laughs> send something, something out. Yeah. Like, just do something. Maybe they Because a lot of people are going to be bitter. Maybe they can like don't. publish, uh, maybe they can do like a graphic novel or something where they could just, you know, Tie up there the, you go. Tie up the loose ends. Um, I'm surprised. I'm for, surprised you haven't found any fan fiction for that, Patricia. For Drop Dead Diva or Sensei. For for both, for both. potentially. Yeah. yeah, for both. For both, yeah. I, think, I thought I about thought doing it for Drop Dead Diva, but I was like, no, I don't want to come up with the story. I just want to know what happens. I want someone else to come up with it. Someone else come up with it. Yeah. If you have a fan fiction for Drop Dead Diva and you're listening, send it to somebody on this podcast and they will send it to me and you will make me a very, very happy nerd. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know Sarah just you know, I mentioned Enterprise, but another show, I think to get your point as far as the ending was not satisfying for me, 
I would have to say uh, it's an older show, but uh, really, it's been a, a really was one I didn't miss at all. Was a Quantum Leap. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I I just did not. I was just when it when it ended and Sam had the final leap out and at the big screen went fade to black. Uh, I was just like, no, nah, no, I just, uh, I, it, you know, it left me just wanting, you know, what, well, you know, I guess how, what Jenny good series let, left you want, want me wanting more, like why are y'all into this oh. now? Uh, um, and I, and I, I know, there was, it, and I know they're like, it, it was you a little bitter. <laughs> it did. It did. I mean, I know the last season was not <laughs> the strongest, but. I mean, overall, it was. I, I love that series. Um, if you know, if you ever want to, you know, uh, go back and watch late '80s, early '90s television, uh, you know, that's definitely one of the high, high highlights of, of that time period. Um, but yeah, that was definitely one of those moments, one of those shows that left me like, yeah, why, why did y'all do this to me? <laughs> Uh, and I know they had there was talk at times of doing revivals and stuff, but uh, you know it, it didn't really go anywhere. So yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> have I will please stop me if I've already gone on my Sons of Anarchy rant ever on the show when uh, it's been you and me. I don't. We haven't had that rant. I have not been. The, I haven't had the pleasure of hearing the rant. So go okay. go right ahead. <laughs> Well, here we go, <laughs> because <laughs> I, like, to this day, it still bothers me how much they screwed up the last season of Sons of Anarchy. It just, and, and recently, even since we're on hiatus, it kind of makes you remind yourself of all these that time with over the last few years, and I've even gone back and rewatched some of the previous seasons, and or episodes from the previous seasons, I should say. And it was a really good show. And then this, and we're talking season seven. So I am fully invested. I got on board late. I, I binge watched on Netflix the first four seasons. Granted, they're not 23 episodes. Like they're, they're, I think they do 13, if I remember correctly, every season. So it's, it's a much shorter season per season ratio. And um, it just, it bothers me so much because there were clear exits for those writers to take in terms of giving us a satisfying ending. And they just deliberately stuck with trying to keep their hero heroic, like being a hero. And it bothers me because I, at the end of the day, I didn't think that's, I didn't think that was the better version of the story. I thought the better version of the story was allowing him to die as the villain because that's who he was, this main character. So it just, I mean, I think I've told you that, Will, in the past, though, about how writers seem, if they have established a hero, they always want him to stay the good guy, as Mm -hmm. opposed to really letting that full circle occur. You even saw it at the end of Breaking Bad. Um, Spoiler alert. But, but yeah, Sons of Anarchy, it just, it bothers me so much. (laughs) 
Because seven on, seasons. Yeah. On the writer's note, I guess I understand that as a viewer, we don't get to see behind the scenes or like what their political battles are or what their battles are with other employees or networks or anything like that. Or I understand that we don't get to see that part. And we don't get to see them getting burnt out on the story or wanting to do something different. But it it definitely, you would think that they would, you know, all the writers go in a room and they sit there and they try to decide. Like, if the viewer can see things like you saw, Sarah, mm-hmm. you know that the writers can see it. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's unfortunate. Like, I really hope that there would be someone in that room that's like, no, I think we should do this. Like, this would make the viewers happy, blah, blah, blah. And maybe their voice just isn't heard as loud as the others. But Well, well I think I think at the same time, it, it reminds me of the stories we hear about George Lucas with the prequels and how he was at the center of that and had everyone around him saying yes. And when he's the creator... Not just the writer, not just the man behind the camera or the director. No, no, no. He's just the center of that universe. You kind of feel like you have this vision and you have to follow it through. And there is no check and balances. And I respect that because at the end of the day, it is the writer's and the creator's vision. Um, And I know that there's differences between a writer's room on TV and a writer's room on a film set. Or so I hear um, but I, I, I also know that it's, it's, it's their ideas and they're going to tell the story that they want to as much as we may think we know better <laughs> and we kind of have to let that go because we're just some viewers. We just intake it. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And it, it's, it's disappointing when we're let down by the end of something or, you know, something like that. Like if they decide ultimately not to continue with Sense8. I'm going to be very sad that we don't get to see the rest of the story, but I mean, what can I do about it? Nothing. We'll write some fan fiction about it. Well, you started a petition. But... Yes, you did. I, I did not start that petition. Well, you, true. You, okay. can, you, continue, right. you, you carried the petition forward, so. I did. I carried the baton to the next person. Yep. Yeah. And we, and we, and have, so, and we have shared it. Cat. Sorry. Caught. (laughs) (laughs) So now that we've kind of vented about the uh, series finales or the the lack of closure, I want to talk about the leftovers series finale because uh, it's like on the opposite end of the spectrum for me right now. Um, Will, Patricia, just for the listeners to know, neither of you watched The Leftovers, correct? Correct. Correct. Okay. So, it is a very hard show to watch um, because you have to go through the first season. And I still argue that there's multiple people who have said when you start it, you kind of want to turn it off because it's it's dark and dreary and you're not sure what's going on. You're being introduced to a new universe and new, um, a lot of new characters and a lot of new stories. Um, 
episode nine, and there's only 10 episodes in the first season, but episode nine is really the turning point. You just have to get there because something beautiful happens and you start to understand more about where this, the potential is. Um, The second season of The Leftovers is a perfect season of television. It just is. Um, They... They took the central premise of having a small portion of the Earth's population randomly one day disappear, and they twisted it and morphed it during the second season, where it was a brand new story in this context, but the themes all connected and all still resonated, and um, it was very powerful. The third season, I have to say, wasn't really strong. Um, I actually missed a few episodes, um, full disclosure. But the series finale, oh, it is, it is so interesting what they did because they, they left you with an answer to a question that you didn't really understand you had to begin with while you're watching it. You're, you want to know why everybody disappeared. That isn't the point of the show. The point of the show is how you deal with loss and how you deal with grief. Hmm. And that realization that people leave, but there are those who stay. And that's the important thing. And that's a beautiful message, and they tell it in a very simplistic way. So that is my pitch for The Leftovers. It is worth it in the long run. At least for me, it was. It sounds like a very... I mean, it sounds like a very strong premise. Um, And I know you mentioned before, but when we've talked about some shows, you just have to suffer through the bad to get to to the good. And it sounds like The Leftovers is definitely one of those types of series. Yeah, it's interesting because the character who kept, because I always find with these ensemble shows that there's usually at least one character that I'm really interested in. And I kind of zone out everyone else's story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that character barely shows up in the second or in the first season, because by that point I have these other characters who I find to be fascinating. Um, And Carrie Coon deserves the Emmy, just FYI, Carrie Coon. Yep. Emmy. All right. Well, get get the, uh, get the petition rolling. (laughs) We got it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So besides The Leftovers wrapping up, I also saw that both, to my demise, um, Unreal Season 3 and Game of Thrones Season 8 are both getting pushed back a year. Yeah. Now, for those... Yeah, so Game of Thrones is pushed back to 2019? Yep, 2019, because Season 7 premieres next month. Yeah. And it's only so it's six episodes in season seven, if I recall. Did I see it, or is that? I think six episodes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's becoming a mini series. <laughs> <laughs> Either that, or it, you know, they've learned the lessons of uh, you know other series where they stretch, try to stretch things out over too long of a season. Um, 
which we've talked about before, versus you know just getting everything in a nice tight bun. The the final season of The Leftovers was six episodes. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's very and they're both on HBO. <laughs> Less is more. Either that or they, they realize people are cutting the cord, so we got to keep them keep them uh, keep them entertained in a short amount of time because we can't hold we can't hold our customers as long. I. I think it also has to do with that idea of a self-contained story in the span of an hour. Mm-hmm. Because on the other networks, an hour TV show is kind of, it's really 40 minutes because you yeah. have commercials. Right, right. But then on HBO, when we're talking an hour, it truly that's is an a hour. full, true hour. Yeah. And it allows them to have more flexibility, too, because... With the leftovers, there are episodes that follow one character. Same on Game of Thrones, and so that um, monotony of following the same character through the same thing, episode after episode after episode, you don't have that as much because um, you're following Jack one episode, and then the next episode you don't see Jack at all. But that's okay because you have Jane and her struggles, mm-hmm. all in the same universe all dealing with the same issues but in an, a different way because um they're different characters and they have a different history yeah. to explore why do you think um why do you think the shows are there i guess they're needing more time is it a production issue is it, is it a you think the networks are just they, they know they have a, a, a built-in audience and, and built-in uh i guess raise the you know, the anticipation for, for, for stretching these, these seasons out? Um, what I understand about Game of Thrones production, they need more production time. And this is the final season. We're talking dragons. We're talking a lot of wars. Um, if an episode of just to randomly watch of the potential of the show, even though you guys aren't fully invested in the story is the battle of the bastards from last season. That is a war film condensed in an hour. And that takes a lot of time to shoot. They shot like on real horses with real people. There's some CGI, but there's a lot of real time action happening Mm -hmm. and that's a lot of production. So I, I think that it is. And what I understand that final season the episodes are going to feel and be more like movies hmm. every week. And that is where I worry because yeah, sometimes well, when Game of Thrones goes past that hour marker, it gets a little tedious. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> well, so, I think that's so, the thing if you're trying to do something of, of cinematic scale on an hour television show, that's very hard to pull off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Especially consistently but, pull that off if you're going to do five or six episodes to close out the series. True. Because when I when I hear film, I also think, oh, suddenly that's not an hour of TV. That's two hours of TV. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's maybe six episodes, but that's 12 hours altogether if you put them back to back. And then that's a lot of time. But... They they do have a lot of stories to wrap up, so I'm 
I'm not sure how it's going to work, but I'm willing to wait. I will tell you that much. I'm willing to wait for it. I think going into, like, the TV show structure, Mm -hmm. um, because I don't have much to say about Game of Thrones, um, but the TV show structure, I really, for someone like me, who I have a long distance to travel to and from work and by the time I get home it's time to stuff my face with dinner and get ready to go for the next day like right now it's past my bedtime like way past my bedtime and so I don't have a whole lot of extra time to spend to sit down like I've I don't think in the last three months I've sat down and finished an entire movie um you know like I I enjoy the real short TV shows, like the 30-minute, the 40-minute TV shows, because it's a perfect amount of time for me to just relax and enjoy a little story and then go to bed. Right. And right. I think for for TV shows to start, like, for example, I guess the example I thought of was Sherlock. Mm-hmm. When Sherlock came mm-hmm. out, their, their episodes are an hour and a half-ish long. And so it is like watching a film instead mm-hmm. of just a TV show. And when I have the time, it's thoroughly enjoyable to watch shows like that when I have the time. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a very 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 good point uh, uh, that you're making as far as you know. There is such there's such a a great wealth of great programming out there, but, uh, you know, trying to make time to, to be able to watch it all or, or invest time in a series, um, you know, can be very difficult to do. Um, but I think, you know, on the plus side, uh, given that there's things like DVR and Netflix and Amazon and other things, you can sort of control the, you know, you, you know it's not like the back in the day where you're like, you know, you had your one shot or if you just, or the old fashioned recorded on a videotape <laughs> and, and watch it. Uh, you know, now you can control, I guess, um, you know, when you want to watch something, how you want to watch something and, 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 and not feel that pressure to like, Oh, if I miss out, then I'm, you know, miss, you know, I'll, I'll want to miss out on this series or this particular show because I just don't have time. I just had a hard day at work. I just want to go home and crash. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's entirely true. Very, yeah. very true. Definitely. So, I, Do you guys I mean, know about the feature on Netflix where you can download episodes to watch on the go so you don't have to use your streaming? No. Yeah. Hmm. I do it all the time now. Um, that's how I've been able to catch up on the Flash and Arrow and Supergirl is that like I just download them to my phone and it's in the Netflix app and like then I'll put my phone on you know airplane mode and sit there on the train and watch it. It's so great. Ah, oh. well, listeners, you got you got yourself a tip for your for your Netflix app. I have to see if it's that's the same case with Amazon and others. I I have no idea about Amazon and others, but I know for sure Netflix has it. Yeah, I, w- I wonder if this DC streaming service, which I think is a correction that Will made to my 
So what is DC streaming service, Will? Yeah, what is that? so um, the reason why we're bringing up the DC streaming service is uh, after many um, starts and stops and starts and stops, uh, it looks like uh, that we are finally going to get our Teen Titans uh, live action television show, um, which is slated to uh, premiere in 2018. Um and the DC streaming service uh, is going to be the platform that uh, DC Entertainment is going to use to, to launch this series as well as the bringing back uh, Young Justice uh, Season 3, which... Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so you know, I don't know if anybody's watched Young Justice Seasons 1 and 2, but they're, if you're a DC fan, uh, excellent, well-done uh, series. They're, they're animated. Uh, but it's, it's very well done, um, uh, you know, take with the, the Teen Titans characters, you know, Nightwing, Flash, Raven, etc. Uh, and uh, so this new series, which uh, it looks like it's slated to uh, start shooting in September, um, is going to be, you know, finally the, the, the Teen Titans series that TNT was going to I think ordered a pilot for back in was it 2014 or 15? I mean, it's, it's been a while. Yeah, it's it, it was announced right during the time that they first announced Legends of Tomorrow. Right, right. So it's That's how long it's been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been it's been a long time. Of course, uh, you know, I guess one of the questions that you know we uh, had slated maybe to talk about this evening was uh, you know is you know is the marketplace ready for another glut of you know punch out of, of more comic book shows uh given that you know you already have a pretty well established Arrowverse on the cw and um and uh, you know you have gotham on fox netflix. and netflix with the, the, the marvel universe on netflix um you have agents of shield on abc you have gotham and uh, what's the other new show that's coming on fox in the fall um Gifted. Gifted, yeah, we talked about it a few weeks ago. So, and then um, don't forget Legion on FX. Yes, <laughs> yes, and <laughs> and also in 2018 we'll also have Black Lightning. So, you know, on CW, on CW. So, <laughs> you know, it's becoming a very very crowded marketplace for comic book shows. But um, I mean, if if done well, um, as we have seen in in this past week with uh, Wonder Woman, uh, you know, the marketplace will support it. So we'll see. Yeah. But one of the plus, yeah. pluses of this also is uh, Jeff Johns, uh, who is uh, head DC Entertainment, is is really the spearhead behind this new Teen Titans show. And, um, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that uh, they have, between him and Greg Berlanti, have cultivated a very strong staple of, you know, DC television universe versus the movie movie universe. Right, and oh, if if they stay with they along with announcing the shooting schedule, they also indicated that Dick Grayson, Starfire, Raven, and Beast Boy are all gonna appear on this show. Mm -hmm. So those are characters who many are used to in terms of either the books or um, the animated shows. Right, but. For live action, it'll be the first time, which is always cool because as long as you're using new characters that um, the general 
audience are not familiar with, then it entices me because when I see a new character, I see a, nut, a new story to tell. Yes. So, but, you know, it could wind up just like when they shot a Wonder Woman pilot a few years ago that never aired. <laughs> That's <laughs> never true. Aired. Never aired. So, I mean, it's – and I'm also – because I didn't realize that it was going to be on this DC streaming service, so it makes me curious about if this does well, what does that mean for future t- DC shows, um, especially ones that struggle like Gotham right now. Um, even though I have heard really good things about the season finale, and it did get renewed for season four, so it did, it, it did, it'll, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see, and also, you know, with the streaming service, uh, you know, will there be any crossover with the Berlanti Arrowverse um, of shows? Um, you know, because again, you know, for example, Teen Titans, obviously, Kid Flash is also. Um, member of Teen Titans, so will there be an opportunity for our Kid, Kid Flash from the, the current Flash series crossing over uh, just to help, mm-hmm. you know, just to help build that universe up, also use an established character from uh, a well, you know, probably the, the most, one of the most popular, if not most popular shows on the CW to help build, uh, you know, uh, crossover fan base, to that new show and get, you know, subscribers to the, to the streaming service. Nice. Nice. And on that note, it's the time of will. It's the time of will. (laughs) Yes. The the time of will. I only have, uh, two, two items tonight. Um, okay. Given how we were talking shows and movies and stuff and something that Sarah and I've talked about, um, in the past, as far as, um, uh, you know, uh, age appropriateness of, of certain films and TV shows and stuff. Uh, I saw I was I saw an article on Twitter this this week uh, about Sony uh, actually um, doing a clean version initiative, uh, which is essentially uh, allowing um, viewers to uh, watch broadcast or airline versions of select um, Sony films, very popular films that you know you know may have content that some viewers may not want their, uh, they want to enjoy the movie like Ghostbusters, for example, but there's some jokes in there that may be a bit racy for their taste to, to, to share with their, with their, their families or children. So, um, yeah, so Sony's, uh, launching this, this option, uh, for people can, can get the quote unquote clean version of, of, of very popular films. I mean, everything from 51st Dates, I was looking at the list, Battle of the Year, Big Daddy, uh, Crouch and Tiger, uh, both Ghostbusters, uh, Spider-Man, all the ones Tobey Maguire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's some things that, if only clean, meant like better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And uh, even and Talladega Nights, The Legend of Ricky Bobby. So yeah, you know, there's there's a pretty interesting slate of films that um, uh, they're going to be releasing in this clean and uh, the quote unquote clean format. So just something for for our listeners out there. Um, uh, if they, so it'll be more age appropriate for people like Patricia to watch, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. 
Hey. <laughs> and also for you were just <laughs> and I, I honestly really like that idea for those of us who are very more conservative than the usual. <laughs> and it's okay. You're bright and you're happy and you're cheery and you want it that way. <laughs> <laughs> no dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. You know, no. <laughs> Or, or my favorite oh. edit from Ghostbusters is like, uh, you know, uh, when Bill Murray and uh, William Atherton, oh, what was his name, the uh, EPA guy, I can't remember the character's name now, but they're in the mayor's office, and uh, Bill Murray, you know, Dan Arcoy says, called, you know, just basically says, you know, we would have been doing well except for um, male organless part. You know, I'll we'll, we'll, we'll use the clean version here. You know, Wally, Wally Wick here, but uh, oh the mayor God. is like, the mayor's like, it's true. You know, Bill Murray's like, it's true. This man is Wally Wick. You know, that's the like, you know, an example of the, I guess, what is the oh. clean version of what instead of how, you know, how it played out the theatrical version. So that is uh, when I think about um, times when. <laughs> and And it's kind of like it sticks out when it's not wasn't originally meant to be said in that way, um the clean version of things, but I just go straight back to the film Juno, and there's an instance when Juno and her stepmom are in a fight, and Juno walks away and stomps off like an angry teenager, and her stepmom is says, go fly a kite. <laughs> just like, that is the best comeback. And it's so clean. And yet, you know what she said. Yep. You get it. <laughs> it's, it's the best. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, that was announced this week. Um, and you can get them on all your various, um, you know, platforms. Uh, as well, so yeah, this is something that Sony's Sony's putting out there. And then the last uh, time of Will is uh, this week's Flash comic update. Uh, so uh, for our Flash listeners, uh, here again, something to uh, hold you over during the hiatus. Go pick up the latest uh, issue dropped actually last week of uh, issue twenty-three. Um, the cool thing about this one is it's basically after the major crossover between Batman and the Flash. Uh, this one, uh, now Barry is, just a quick synopsis, is having a surprise birthday party thrown by Iris. Um, and, and, and he is dealing with many things as far as uh, common thread in the comics so far book so far has been that Iris actually doesn't know the Barry's the Flash and Wally just recently and this is the young African American Wally West or mixed Wally West not the redhead Wally West um, just learned that uh, Barry's the Flash and and all this while Barry's been training him but he didn't know that Barry was the Flash and you know now there's, there's some tension between the two of them so there's a little bit of that dynamic going on uh, the Reverse Flash, uh, it plays, um, has a prominent uh, role in, in in this one, as well as uh, Danton Black, who, if you guys remember from the very first season of 
the Flash TV show, he was a uh, multiplex, the guy that could could, could um, clone himself. Uh, oh, that was the pilot. Uh, the second episode right after the pilot. Or the second episode right after the pilot. Yeah, that was episode two, if I recall. Danton Black. If you remember. Pretty much the pilot. Yeah. Right there, yeah. next to the pilot. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was episode two or three. Anyway, smart. Right, Weather Wizard. Weather Wizard. Weather Wizard. No, it wasn't Weather Wizard. Okay. It was his brother. Um, you are such a nerd. Yes, I am. It I is. can't. See, I shouldn't talk Flash with Will, but I want to talk Flash with Will. You can so talk Flash with me. It's like when to. I, yeah, well, it's somehow it's like with Arrow. You know, we 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 we, we support each other very well because we. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, but yeah, but Multiplex is uh, is it makes an appearance. So there's quite a few things from the TV show that has bled over into the comic books, and you know, so uh, go check it out. All right, will do. Will do. Is there a clean version for Patricia? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the delayed laughter, Patricia. I like to know that you're still on the line. <laughs> we haven't lost you yet. Yep. Well, no, not yet. I actually have a very serious question for you guys. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> so I don't follow the comic books. I'm not a big comic book reader. But with all the comic book-based TV shows, Will, since you're like the expert on comic books here. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, he is. He's the most qualified. Let's put it like that. Yeah. Most qualified. I think that's, that's, that's fair to say. Do you, th- like, how fast is the TV show catching up to the comic books? Like, are they, it's, is it following the comic books? Not at all. Pretty... I mean, basically, okay. basically, the Flash TV show takes elements of the structure of the of the comics. As far as obviously, you have a Barry, you have a Wally, you have an Iris. Joe's a creation of the TV show, for example. Uh, Harrison Wells is a creation of the TV show. Um, but uh, the, <laughs> the 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 structure of Central City and the main characters are are there. But they take elements of the comics um, and, 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 and put their own spin on it. Like the, for example, Flashpoint is a is a good example of that this past season. Um, yeah. Uh, and no spoilers. What's that? No spoilers, please. No, no spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, yeah. If you only want, yeah. Um, I won't get into deeper into it, but uh, but. Well, let's go back to season one, for example. So Linda Park is was ne- never ever dated Barry Allen, for example. Uh, she actually okay. is married to Wally West in the comic what? books. Yep. Weird. Yeah. Oh, it's it's really weird. And y- you know, Felicity Smoke and Oliver Queen are not together in the books. I mean, they there is one book. Like one line of comics in which they are, but that came like because every now and then Arrow will have a comic book run in between seasons, and in one of those they were kind of together. So, but so if you like, so the Flash is 
understand and what Will tells me. It just takes elements in it, but it sticks pretty true to the story. And then you talk to comic book fans about Arrow, and it's like, yeah, it's 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 not the same whatsoever. <laughs> it's really interesting. It's like night and day. Um, but yeah, that must take a lot of work to take an already an already established storyline with characters and morph it into something to be a TV show and to have new characters or a fresh take on it. That just must take so much work to do. And the, the fact that these people have the concept and the imagination to be able to do these things is just phenomenal. It is. I just had to make that. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, and it is very enjoyable. I think, uh, I, mean, I, you know, Personally, I, I, I enjoy it because I see the elements from, you know, and they, and they drop these little Easter eggs all throughout the all throughout the, the season and stuff. Uh, but it does. But, you know, so it, it you know, again, it's, it's you have your source material, but, you know, they, they take it and you know mold their own universe and and and, and overall have done it very well. Yeah, yeah, I, I would argue, though, that. And granted, I'm not a TV writer, so I can't say this for sure, but I would I would assume that it's actually harder with the original stories and um, it takes a little, a little bit more effort because you can take, you can read something, whether it be a book or a comic book or watch a TV show from decades ago and then take that central premise, like in if I under and will correct me if I'm wrong, but Oliver Queen still went to an island in the comic books and for five years was on that call that island and that's why when he came back he turned he became the Green Arrow like that is the origin so that pivotal pre- premise doesn't change right. and then you just expand on it yep. and you add in touches but. With an original show or original series like The Leftovers, they somebody just thought of like that idea of like what would happen if 10% of the population just one day disappeared. There's your starting point. You haven't figured out a character though. You you don't know your hero. You have to find a villain. You have to figure out the themes. Um, so so I would argue that original content has the edge there if we were going to do a comparison like that. I think it has the edge, but also, you know, the other, I think the other edge with the original content is you're, you're free to, you know, unfold the story and not worrying about alienating, um, the, the viewers because, yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Cause I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know, there's going to be those fanboy and fangirls who are just like, damn it. It's gotta, you know, Iris and Barry are going to be together. Iris has to be this, this, or this, or, you know, and, you know, uh, you know, with the original content, you can just free to do whatever, you know, free to do whatever. I mean, the, the best example I can think of is like the Harry Potter films, you know, people just like quibble about every little, little detail. And I'm like, people, it's an adaptation. Relax. <laughs> well, um, Ixnay on the Harry Potter. Oh, um, uh, sorry. sorry. a fan. Patricia's a fan. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> my bad. There. My bad. My bad. <laughs> I, no, 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 no. You are very right. There are people out there that nitpick the crap out of Harry Potter for not being exactly like the books. 
but it's just like I think someone gave me an example of if they were to make a movie of one of the books exactly you know replicated mm-hmm. exactly onto the screen it would be like each movie would be like seven hours long yeah, or some right, ridiculous right. amount and who is going to sit through eight movies of seven books you know because they broke up the last book into two like it's ridiculous I I I can't even have a Harry Potter marathon on the weekends it takes too long with just the movies that are out right now I can't imagine what a Harry Potter marathon would be if it was actually exactly like the books so I am a very big Harry Potter fan but you do not offend me with your words Will okay thank you (laughs) You just offend me. No, no. But I, I would also, I would also argue that, um, in terms of being upset about the details, um, because I, for years, I would strictly only watch movies or only read books that I knew were going to be made into movies, um, knowing that the the movie never lives up to the book, but. I also understand and made my peace with the idea that it's a different format. Mm-hmm. I mean, storytelling storytelling is very universal, but you're taking a story. So I'm going to use the movie Gone Girl, which, I, hey, I will be happy to spend two hours talking to anyone about Gone Girl. I have a lot of ideas. Um, I'm we very totally obsessed talk with about that. this. Okay. <laughs> I am on board with this conversation. <laughs> and um, the book itself is written from the perspective of two characters. So you have two different narrators going back and forth. It is a very good read because when you're reading a book, you're in the character's mind. Like you, you are seeing things and um, understanding the thoughts that go through their mind. It doesn't that doesn't translate film so with film you can use a lot of voiceover but that's still not the same thing as when you're sitting down and reading a book and actually going through a the um, inner dialogue of a character along with them as they're experiencing things Um, so it's a different medium and some things that work and almost raise the story to a whole nother level, you just can't translate from one meeting to another. Granted, Mr. Robot is the exception to that. Got to have a whole nother recording about that. <laughs> going going back to, you know, Gone Girl, um, I, I read the book and I finished the book an hour before I watched the movie. I'm so proud. It was it was the best thing ever. Like I literally came home, sat down, finished the book, and popped the movie in as I was eating dinner. It was amazing. Um, but you are completely right that the book, you know, sitting there and reading it and getting in the character's head and being able to take that time to fully understand where the character is at mentally and physically and fully engrossing yourself in the story and where it is. I mean, that book took me, I think it was like three weeks to read because I'm a slow reader. And sitting down and watching an hour and a half movie is totally different than taking that time Mm -hmm. to read all those words. But at the same time, I felt like they did certain things in the movie where they changed the story just a tad 
I felt like that adaptation did an exceptionally good job at making certain aspects of the book pop out. If you hadn't read the movie and you, or blah, 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 <laughs> if you hadn't read the book and you only watched the movie, they did certain things in the movie to accentuate what you would have, to accentuate the understanding that you had of the characters that you would have gotten from the book. I don't know if that made any sense at all. No. No, it, it made sense, sense, but I do have one follow-up question because um, so you have Nick and Amy, right? And in the book, those are very, one is, they, they go back on the antagonist. And I thought that Nick was given a lot more justice that in the movie than I felt or had for him when I was reading the book. Now, this is my question, Patricia. Is mm -hmm. that because the film was directed by David Fincher, who's a man? And do you think that movie would have done differently and we would have viewed Amy more closely to how she comes off in the book if it had been directed by a woman? That is a difficult question. Mm -hmm. Um... It's a hard one. You know, it it's a possibility. But I think because the book was written by a woman. Right. And she had the time to go back and forth between, you know, was it him? Wasn't it him? Was it him? Wasn't it him? You know, like who, who killed her? And then you end up, you know... It's been out long enough, right? Then you find out that no one killed anybody. And right. you And Amy's like a psychotic bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Psycho. Um and I think for what the movie was, whether it was like I didn't know that the the director was male. Okay. And so for what the movie was, I feel like they did a really good job at, in the very beginning, they did a good job at making you question. If you hadn't read the book, mm -hmm. they made, they did a good job at making you question. Mm -hmm. And then they sprinkled it throughout. They could have accentuated it a little bit more, that questioning of, oh, did he do it? Did he do it? Right. But... but as to your question is if a woman would have done it better or given him less leeway in the movie, I don't know. Yeah. I think it depends on the person, too. I mean, if if the director had any, you know, real-world experience with a woman like her or with a man like him... I think you would have to pick a very specific director that had experience with both types of people to fully understand the character. Oh, that's interesting. I think Patty Jenkins could have directed it better. And she she just directed Wonder Woman. And I say that um, because she also directed the movie Monster, which deals with um, female characters and a very sick and twisted darkness. Um, but there wasn't Halle Berry in that one. No, you're thinking, oh, you're thinking of Monster's Ball. Uh, Monster was uh, Charlize Theron. She played a um, 
Uh, and this zero, is why zero. Will is on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm, so so here's here's why it sticks out to me, Patricia. Um, it's because the moment I fell in love with that book is the cool girl monologue that happens right in the middle of the book. And I, I will, you have daughters. Like that is a very powerful thing, and I know they're probably underage and shouldn't read this, but when they when they grow up, it is not a bad thing for them to read because it it is very um, a very strong interpretation of what it feels like to be a woman and all of the pressures and the social pressures. Mm-hmm. And that is my disappointment in the film. It 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 sticks out like a sore um, a sore thumb for me because. I truly believe had that been directed by Patty Jenkins or another female director who could have handled it and had that perspective, it would have come off very differently because it comes off as very flippant, as very bratty and just not strong. And it's and it's a disservice because um, I felt that let down that character in that perspective on things so much. Did I can't remember? Did they have that monologue in the film? Was yeah, it a voiceover? Mm-hmm. Okay. It was a voiceover. It was probably while she was driving, huh? Yep, yep. They end it with her driving and eating Kit Kat bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like Amy does. But um, it isn't interesting to think about, though, especially in terms of Wonder Woman having just come out and having a lot of success, the most success um, that a film directed by a woman has had before. Um, congrats to Patty Jenkins, but yes, um, Will, do you ever, do you ever find yourself thinking about who's, who's in the control of the story and how a different perspective might, might change the way it's told? Oh, de- definitely. Um, yeah, I think, it does make a difference with uh, storytelling uh, to have that different mm-hmm. worldview, and we can, you know, we can, maybe for a future show we can we can we can talk about that perspective, um, you know, as far as storytelling, and, and, and maybe you know use some examples of where uh, you know it a story about a particular event being handled differently if it were, you know, maybe a director of color or female director or, or, or even actor or actress, um, you know, I think it does make a difference in many cases. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, you know, for me, uh, like, for example, for me, um, uh, you know, probably good example of that recently was, I I haven't seen Wonder Woman. Sounds like that. From what I've heard, that sounds like that's that definitely has made a difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Hope to talk about it next um, week. Yeah. Here, here's a question for you, sir. Okay. Do you think if Wonder Woman was directed by a man and it had the same success, would people feel differently about it? Is that man? Um, oh, I actually don't want to throw his name under the bus right now. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's dep- 
dependent on who it is and if I'm a fan of them. If David Fincher, who directed Gone Girl, I'm actually a huge fan of because he directed Social Network and I love that movie. Mm. Um, it could have. Um, it I I can't say for sure um, because I I there there's some choices that she made in terms of the action sequences and. Um, making a lot more of this stuff not as CGI as um, other directors have in the past. Um, granted, the third act, it there's some there's some there's some really bad CGI that stands out. <laughs> but I think she understood more that um, you tell this specific story, not pointing out that not not upholding it as the story of the fur of a woman superhero, but just a story of a hero in a time of war and in a time of crisis who has never experienced our world before and comes from a, um, a monarchy as opposed to a patriarchy. So, um, you have that clash of perspectives and that's what translate. And I think that, is credit to Patty Jenkins, but I'm not sure if a man could have done better, but I don't know. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. And we totally took over Will time. I'm so sorry. Will. No, it's fine. I only had, like I said, I only had those two items tonight. So. Yeah. Well, you set us up for it. I did. Very good see, job. see what I did there. Yeah. See, I enjoyed the discussion. I hope our listeners did. I hope our listeners will enjoy it as well. Yeah, and um, Patricia, if they um, they want to send you any of their support for Sensei, Sensei coming back, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at PRMiller20. I always feel like there's more, but there isn't. <laughs> I've done this so many times. Uh, but yeah, please call Netflix tweet Netflix, send them messages. If you are a fan and would like to keep Sensate alive, please help the movement. The movement. <laughs> the movement. Tweet me and I will call for you. <laughs> <laughs> and Will, where they, can they find you and give you their opinions about what's going on in the Flash in the comic books? Yes, you can find me at Will M. Polk, that's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. Yep, and you can find me on Twitter at S-J Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. You can also follow us um, under the Cena Nerd handle. (laughs) I know what I'm saying. Um, At Cena Nerd, um, that's S-C-E-N-E-N-N. Ian E R D. Yeah, yep. yeah, sure, yep. sure. Um, you guys know how to spell. I, I trust you. Um, yeah, please. I feel like I should have spelled out my handle. Everybody spelled out theirs. But Miller is very typical. So. <laughs> <laughs> now is not the time, but <laughs> you oh, okay. can um, go to iTunes and SoundCloud to find us. Um, it's very important to rate, subscribe, and comment um, because we enjoy this and we hope you do too. And we'll be back next week and hopefully with some more Wonder Woman revelations and thoughts and ideas and other random topics. 
So have a good hiatus. See you next time.